The BBC Gardener's World Live Summer Show is back at the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 16th to Sunday the 19th of June and will once again host a star-studded list of experts across the four days. Among them is the brilliant designer, writer and Gardener's World presenter Arit Anderson who joins me on the line. Uh, Arit, isn't it great to be looking forward to Gardener's World Live Summer again after everything we've been through in the past couple of years? I know. I think it's kind of it's such a great thing, Steve, because to be honest, you know, people really just want to be out in their gardens. And to be out, that means they want to go and buy their plants, they want to get some advice. And, uh, you know, at, at the NEC, they'll, they'll get plenty of that. So I think, you know, having just done Chelsea... People are really, really excited to get out, so I think it'll be the same for this show. Absolutely. Now, for a lot of people will know you well from um, from your writing and, and the TV show, of course, Harriet, but some people won't realise, perhaps, that your background wasn't as uh, a young, green-fingered gardener, was it? You were very much into the fashion design side of things. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, my, my background was predominantly um, in, in the retail world, um, I worked for many high street brands in their head offices, so buying clothes, you know, women's clothes from around the world. And, um, yeah, it was that classic thing, really, of getting my own garden, sort of, at <clears throat> X years old, um, that, you know, later into gardening and, you know, just got, uh, you know, bitten, really, because, you know, they all bit me quite literally. And I think that's what I, you know, I'm very open about that because I think I really want to encourage people that, you know, you don't have to have gardened, you know, forever with a granny or an aunt. You know, you can come into gardening at any time. Mm. So what are you looking forward to most uh, about BBC Gardeners World Live uh, once again at the NEC? Well, I think that there is quite a lot of things to look at, really. I mean, once you get there, it, it's a big space, and that means that there's so much to be able to see. You know, the floral marquee has some of our you know, great nurseries in there, and, and they're always so friendly, so friendly, and, and there to give advice. Um, and, you know, there's some show gardens that will be there as well. So it's always nice to kind of see a garden laid out to get some inspiration. Um, but, you know, I, I always like sort of, you know, having the talks on stage. You, know, you still get a bit nervous <laughs> talking there live in front of people. Everyone thinks you just get up there and do it. But it's nice to sort of speak with the audience um, and, uh, and and sort of impart some ideas and knowledge to them as well. Hmm. Uh, also, I, I know we've got uh, celebrating 100 years of the BBC this year um, and there mm-hmm. will be displays in that, that wonderful floral marquee uh, for programmes like Pebble Mill and the Art and Top of the Pops, Only Fools and Horses. That, that in itself, there's going to be some creativity there, isn't it? But that in itself is going to be exciting to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I can't wait to see that. I mean, I think, you know, it's a big, it's a big birthday, obviously, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that's interpreted um, into, you know, as you say, floral memory lane. And so, you know, that would be really, really uh, good to see. And I think it's really nice. If people just want to get inspired by things like that, I mean, again, I don't think you'll see me hopping around in hot pants and the hot idea. Definitely not. <laughs> um, the great thing about the show, Arid, is um, as well as the displays and the borders and the floral marquee, 
is that people, the visitors, can get up close and personal with experts like yourself, as you've you've already mentioned. I mean, um, the uh, you know all of the presenters from from Gardeners World Live are going mm-hmm. to be there, and and that's an important part. I've spoken to many visitors. That's an important part of the experience for them because they can come and ask you questions about their little bit of garden um, and get some some really good input. And on the design front, I guess people must want to know from you how they can design something in a relatively small space, for example. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right in terms of, you know, the fact that people can come and speak to hopefully people that they've enjoyed watching on telly. I mean, when I was in the land of fashion, you certainly didn't get up close and personal with some of the uh, real top designers. So I think that is what makes it really nice, very personable and inclusive and things like you know small gardens you know not you know I don't have a large garden at all and so sort of getting some design ideas and um, and thinking about what you can put into a small garden is really important so I think the thing with um, you know small gardens is every every space counts so you know you've got to put things in there that you really are going to enjoy I mean I'm doing some replanting in my own garden and you know some shrubs slightly gotten too big I've had to kind of say goodbye to them because they're taking up so much space so I I always think that you know when you're looking at a small garden start thinking about the things that you really love you know maybe it was you know a particular rose that you really love or you know you really want to get the children into some growing so that you can dedicate some space to that area and know that you're going to really nurture it and look after it. Hmm. It sounds to me like you're suggesting have a plan before you start. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's a good idea to because, I mean, and I say it from my own experience, um, you know, when I started my garden, it was, it was literally a blank canvas. It was a pot of, you know, lawn and, and two skinny borders. And I did get out there and go and buy plants because I like the look of them um, in, in, the, in the garden centre and at nurseries. And, you know, it's good to make some mistakes. That's part of the joy of, of gardening. You know, that's how you learn. But um, I can see, if I was speaking to my uh, younger self then, I would have probably said, just have a little bit more of an idea. <laughs> I mean, I knew I liked cottage plants, to be fair. I didn't know that, but I probably didn't know the difference between the shady ones and the funny ones. Right. <laughs> so, it's, it's, always, it's always good to know what advice you'd give to a 14 or 16-year-old self, isn't it? Just goes yeah. to show how gardening can help with all those sort of things. So um, looking at summer, people will have started in their gardens because we've had a reasonably good year so far, haven't we? It started in their gardens. Ooh. What sort of things might they be thinking about now for, for, for summer? And what are your favourites uh, of the summer plants? Well, I mean, I, I am a Virgo girl, so, I mean, I do naturally like the high summer, um, you yeah, know, the high summer um, border. So, you know, things like, you know, the long flower dahlias, I mean, I bring it up each time. You know, I, they bring me such joy because, you know, the colours and the different shapes that you can get. So I think at this time, you're kind of starting to put in um, into the border those things that are going to give you um, long flowering, like I said, dahlias, or things that can repeat flower. Some of them may be, um, you know, keeping your roses going. Some annuals can come into here as well, you know, keeping the cosmos going, for example, that type of thing. Because I think that really now, you know, what will happen is we start to go into summer um, and sort of into the July, August of the time. You know, you need to take a bit of a break yourself. You know, people have been working hard in their gardens, and now they need to sort of sit back, get the family round, 
it's not to enjoy their borders. So anything that can give you a bit of prolonged flowering mm. um, is going to be good, good shout. Mm. Lots going on at the show. We've mentioned the floral marquee. We've got the BBC Gardener's World magazine stage, plus the My Gardener's World stage, which is where I think you are. Lots of Ooh. stuff to, to talk about. Um, Monty, Don, Adam Frost, Francis Topple, Joseph, lots of names all there. Do you, I'm after a sneak bit of gossip now, do you all get together in the <laughs> evening and, and chat about your day or what's going to be going on tomorrow? <laughs> well, if um, I mean, the thing is, is across the weekend, we're in and out on different days. Hopefully we do get to um, catch up. And of course, you know, there's a little bit of filming that's gone on beforehand. Um, so I do hope to catch up because this, this is where I get to see them. Because obviously during the, during the season um, of Garden as well, you know, we're, in, we're out doing our own shoots. So this is really time to catch up, see what's going on with other people's families. You know, Monty's um, really enjoying having his lovely grandchildren at the moment. I've got to see uh, Joe Swift. Uh, first grandchild uh, at uh, Chelsea. So, yeah, we, we like to catch up with this time because it's the only time we get to really see each other. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, if there's, if there's a dinner to be had, a little, little glass of wine, maybe, that's all we'll do. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I get a sense from um, previous shows, Arit, that the number of young people who are now turning to gardening and enjoying it, whether they're growing their own veg and things like that or whether they are into mm. the more floral side... Um, and maybe that's, you know, as a result of the pandemic and people using their gardens more. But young people mm-hmm. coming into gardening now are a growing number of visitors to, to the show. Have you, have you noticed that? And, and are they asking, uh, when they come and talk to you, are they really engaged and asking the right questions? Yeah, I think, you know, they are. I mean, you know, I think they are sort of um, more engaged. I think what's quite nice is that because of the resurgence of indoor plants, obviously, as well, mm. and so if you are you know, a young person that's going off to uni or, you know, you're, you're in your first flat, you know, you can start your gardening there. So that's, that's been a great way to bridge um, getting um, maybe younger people into um, gardening. Mm. Um, but, but also as well, you know, I think that people are also really enjoying the art of it as well, you know, the creativity, you know, putting colour schemes together. And, and I think with a, you know, a bit of a, same as it had on. I think younger people are more aware of, you know, food air miles, etc. So yeah, that little bit of growing at home is something that um that people are, are welcoming, you know, even if it's just growing some lettuces, mm. you can just put pop something in the border. So yeah, mm. it's good to see. And we need you know, we need to see um younger people um enjoying gardening. Horticulture is so important. It's so good for us on so many different levels. So I do think that um uh, you know, for, for young people uh, coming in to gardening early, it will help with mental well-being as well. So that is definitely a big welcome to everybody. And I mean, really, from little tiny tots, it's great, um, mm. all the way up yeah. to um, whether you're, you're older or not. A, a, a very important point. Uh, and also, um, I suspect there's a lot more consideration about sustainability now as well. Yeah, I think that, um, you know... We're becoming more conscious about uh, different choices that we're making in all of our lives. And the garden plays a part in that as well, because as much as it can help contribute to, you know, environmental good, you know, we know about planting for um, our wildlife in our gardens, for example, we're, we're very aware of that, you know, trying to increase the canopy, you know, planting lots of trees. All of these things are coming to the fore, which are incredibly important. But also we have to be aware of the fact that within our own garden, 
there are certain choices that might be impacting, um, you know, um, the environment and um, sustainable choices. So peat is a classic one, for example. You know, I do um, advocate where I can that, you know, we should be go peat free, um, mainly because, you know, that, that peatland um, that we take the peat from is, is, is a finite resource. You know, it, it takes a thousand years to produce, you know, literally a, a meter of peat. So things like that. So there's a, there's a good, you know, there's a good that the garden can do for us and how it can help and contribute to all the environment and our own well-being. But then there's also as well being mindful of some of the choices that we also make um, whilst we're gardening some mm. of our gardening practices. From a design point of view, um, Arit, uh, the last show that I attended, there were some amazing um, show gardens there uh, and displays. And some of the ones that struck me most were the ones, <laughs> I spoke to some of the designers about it, that looked like they'd just been thrown together, like a meadow that had just <laughs> happened. But in point of fact, of course, we all know a lot of thought goes into it. Is that, is that natural look something that is, is perhaps coming back into favour as opposed to the, the over-coiffured look, if you like oh without a doubt i mean you know as i said just having come from chelsea very much you know a more uh, naturalistic um looser wilder aesthetic in terms of the look but also in terms of um you know introducing sort of more um, native um plants into the border as well um, um is definitely there and again it, it's because of how having a diverse um border it is, is good for the environment um, because obviously it means it can attract diverse species um, of wildlife, you know, uh, pollinators and insects, etc. So I think that's why um, we're seeing more of a shift towards that way. That said, you know, a, a well-looked-after herbaceous border is still a magnet for a lot of wildlife. Mm. So, you know, it, it, it is, it is um, it's still achievable within a, a more sort of... Um, manicured look if you like but it's the principle is about making sure that you've got variety um within that border so yeah um yeah in short yes definitely that look is coming back but you can achieve it um in an aesthetic that kind of still works for you mm. we should just also uh, point out that uh, tickets to bbc gardeners world live also get you entry to the bbc good food show summer which is a really nice link from this sort of plot to plate uh, issue isn't it because there's lots of new producers coming to that show who are now growing their own and and seeing that journey uh, of growing uh, to producing food yeah, it's a really, really um, great synergy, actually. And uh, recently I had a, a lovely chat with Marcus Waring, and I love the fact that he's enjoying, um, you know, really get, getting a, a small holding that he's got, really growing his own food. You know, you think that a chef, you know, you think, oh, that might sound obvious, but, but it's not because obviously they're in the kitchen, they have to get their food ordered. So this whole thing now about really, as you say, opening up the whole from plot to plate is very, very much um, um, out there. And it's lovely that you can literally, you know, go from uh, Marquis uh, or, or any of the other trades down there, picking up all your veg and then go and learn how to cook it <laughs> um, at the BBC Food Guide Live. So, yeah, really lovely synergy. There's lots to do. You need to make sure you've got a comfortable pair of shoes on yes. that day and lots of sh- 
Lots of reusable shopping bags. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the best advice I was ever given was was to take one of those little wheeled trolleys. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I know it goes over people's ankles, but when you're going all day and you see people <laughs> loaded up with stuff, it's great to see. But those little trolleys are great. I, I'm just going back to the food. But are you a foodie? Will you will you find time to have a have a look around the uh, good food show? Hopefully so, actually. I do like to, where I can, try and bring something back, you know, a little pot of something or learn something new for the family. My partner, he, he really enjoys cooking and flavouring foods and stuff like that. So if I get a chance, I de- most definitely will go and have a little a little nosy and maybe get the odd little sample of something. <laughs> critical bit. Tasting is part of the experience. Tasting <laughs> is exactly, it's, it's obligatory. You must taste. <laughs> All right, it's been lovely to catch up with you. Uh, thank you so much for your time. BBC uh, show is at the NEC in Birmingham, Thursday the 16th of June to Sunday the 19th of June. BBC Gardens World Live. And of course, that gets you entry to the BBC Good Food Show Summer. Uh, Arit, lots of people will want to know where they can get more information and, of course, book tickets. Where can they do that? So they can go on to www.bbcgardensworldlive.com and definitely, yeah, get a ticket. Um, it's on from Thursday the 16th of June to Sunday the 19th of June. There's plenty of time. And if, you, if you've if you got the time and you want to come every day, come every day because there is a lot to see. And uh, I think it's going to be a great show. Arik, great to talk to you. Many thanks. Thank you.